Talk Recorded live. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be across the nation or around the world. Once again, you're listening to the VMware Communities Roundtable Podcast. This is podcast number 514. My name is Eric Nilsson, and with me today, I have my co-host, Matt Lungath. Matt, today's Wednesday, June 10th, 2020. How are you doing? Eric, I am well. Uh, another hot and steamy day in central Pennsylvania. How are things out in the bay, and what's the color of the bay? It is uh, 85 degrees today, so it's a nice sum- summer, warm one, and a beautiful sunny weather. we got to keep the water on the grass, otherwise things dry out because it's now now we're in the, the west, and the west during the summertime dries out and gets brown. Uh, but the, the, the ocean is uh, beautiful. It's sunny and nice, so we got a nice turquoise green going. Uh, we never get that turquoise blue. Uh, up here in Northern California, but it is a beautiful, warm, sunny environment, and uh, we're seeing seeing nice weather. Probably we'll get nice weather for the rest of uh, rest of the year till our rainy season starts in November. On the show today, we're going to be talking to Miguel Browser. Miguel is a senior director, NTT Luxembourg. Uh, Miguel is also a VExpert Pro and runs his own blog. Miguel, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Eric. Just a small, a small thing. I'm not uh, not yet a director at NTT, but just a senior implementation engineer. Oh, okay. Because if I'm, yeah, I'm sorry about that. No, that's they fine. It just means it. that they haven't given you that lobotomy yet. You still have your brain, right? Because as soon as you become uh-huh. a director or any kind of senior <laughs> director, you just you just have your brain core stem stem cell there, and that's it. You don't have anything else. So uh, great that you still Maybe have the reason. Yeah, still a lot of intelligence, uh, and uh, I love that uh, you you run a, run a blog. Uh, your blog is called Mystic Marvin, uh, Mystic Marvin right. EU. Fantastic blog, and we're here um, to talk a little bit about your blog. Right. Yes. Great. So, um, Mystic Marvin is uh, actually is is the name of the two projects related to Evo Rail back in 2014. Um, Mystic was the name for Dell EMC, and Marvin was the name for VMware. That's, my blog uh, was intended to to um, to be um, a VX Rail blog at the beginning. So, yeah, I thought. Mystic Marvindom was the correct name to do that. That makes sense. That uh, gives us a little history. I thought it was just you loved, you know, the dark magic, and uh, and that's you just decided that uh, virtualization was dark magic, and you would make a blog around the dark magic to to run virtual environments. No, little did I know. Not really. Right. Okay, before we get to you, though, um, Miguel, I thought we would just uh, loop by Corey and talk a little bit about what's happening uh, in the news as the world starts to settle back from the from the pandemic. Uh, things are getting back to normal, which uh, we're happy about. And uh, first things first, VMworld, I think Reg opens up on the 23rd of this month. So June 23rd, uh, Reg will be open and the the bulk of VMworld will be free this year. So you can just go in and reg. It's going to be a two-day event. Plus, we are looking at extensions of some type of the contents for uh, an extra couple days. Uh, so 
be aware of that. I think we're working uh, with VMware Code to do some interesting code challenges throughout that rest of the week. So it should be fun there. The Reg is opening up. We want to know who you are, but you can come in, Reg for free, and then get notification. There will be sessions. You'll be able to have a schedule builder. You'll be able to build your uh, schedule. There will also be consumable content like, content like Netflix. So uh, it looks like it's going to be a good show. There's a lot of work going on ahead of time. There will be some fun activities. So uh, watch for June 23rd. Get registered. Um, schedule will, builder will be opening up. But in this case, because it's all virtual, we don't think we'll have such a, a lockdown approach to sessions because it should scale out. We don't have seats. Uh, it's all virtual. Uh, along with that, I believe there is going to be a, a paid version. They're putting together what some private meetings will be like. Um, so, and the paid is not going to be very much, probably under $300 US uh, for a paid offering. And the paid offering will be more on you know, you get to go meet certain executives. If you want to come in and be part of a 15-person meetup where you're expressing interest on particular topics with some senior executives at VMware, I think they're going to be doing a paid option to allow those type of meetings to happen. And you know, at VMworld, they have an executive section in at VMworld where they have meetings that are for executives. And I think they're looking at how do they provide that value uh, without having it be over and there will only be a set number of paid slots that will happen. Um, and they're trying to gatekeep it a little bit to, to make that a quality experience for people that are coming and want to experience what you would get from VMworld from that perspective. Moving on, Corey Romero, I know you're on the call, being patient here. I know there's a lot of stuff going on with the experts. You've been doing briefings and uh, other things are happening. Why don't you give us an update? Yeah, hey, first, you know, I, I've got to mention the weather. You guys mentioned the weather in California. Utah, it literally snowed in my house yesterday, and today it's 80. So <laughs> very, very odd, strange weather. Um, but as far as the expert goes, yeah, we've been doing a ton of sessions with partners, uh, as well as VMware. Uh, we've got another session coming up with, with, with VMware. Don't have a date yet, um, but that's going to be happening. Um, so June 17th, so just in next week, we're going to have another session from VMware on VMC on AWS. So, you know, that kind of ties me into the next thing I'm going to say is if you want to be a part of these sessions where we deep dive, we demo, we don't talk marketing things, this is information that's very, very useful for your job as an IT practitioner. Uh, we have applications that are open currently, and they're open until June 25th. The original date was the 20th, uh, but there was a little bit of a pause in, in social, so we decided to extend those to the 25th. Um, I had gone and asked the experts to write articles on um, what the VExpert program has done for you personally and professionally and what it means for you. So over the next uh, few days, uh, 15 days, we'll be tweeting out those articles. So if you're interested in the VExpert program or maybe you've got a misconception of what the program is, I would recommend to go through those articles. And also, those articles will be wrapped up in a VExpert blog article that I've got. Um, I'm still writing it as these VExpert articles come in. Uh, to find that article, you can go to blogs.vmware.com slash VExpert. And uh, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited about what's going to happen um, in 2020. We have a lot going on in the VExpert program. 
All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, I think that uh, we don't have much else with regards to news. Uh, we did acquire a couple companies in security, uh, live something or other. I don't know the name of the company. Anybody got the name of the company we announced we acquired? Live Wire, I want to say. Uh, last I wire. know they focused on uh, Kubernetes security. Yes. I think it's yeah. Last Wire or Last Defense. Acquired another company. We're going to continue to acquire companies, uh, rounding out our security portfolio uh, for Kubernetes, which is good. And uh, that's all we got in the news. Uh, so we're going to move on. So Miguel, uh, Miguel, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, your career? What do you do um, at NTNT, and how did you get where you are today? Okay, so yeah, um, I live in Belgium and working at NTT Luxembourg. So formerly called Dimension Data, maybe you, you've heard about it. Um, I started my career um, 14 years ago, almost 15. Um, I did technical support for, you know, for small companies and individuals uh, for a, an Apple authorized partner. And this is where I, I fell in love with, you know, uh, Power Mac G4, G5 and uh, the old fashioned uh, Apple things. Then um, I had several experiences. Um, one of the most relevant was uh, delivery specialist at EMC. Um, I, this is where I learned, you know, data centers from scratch. I mean, from from the beginning. And um, I had the opportunity to to participate to a nine week uh, nine weeks bootcamp at uh, EMC's headquarters in Massachusetts. Uh, so you know, then my move to entity has been quite natural because. Uh, of the major partner, Dell EMC and VMware partners. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm now working on HCI solutions, vSAN, vxrays. Um, and at NTT, you know, we help uh, customers to build their next generation data centers with um, modern solutions to, to modernize their, um, their infrastructures with new, all the new fancy, uh, fancy products. And I know and that uh, how we uh, we found you or how we, we've worked with you because you're a VXpert pro. Uh, you mm -hmm. run uh, Mystic Marvin, the blog, right, which is yeah. which is a great blog. I got to say that we're going to touch today on the new logic for vMotion, which is one of your articles. Uh, but you have a, a lot of other great articles there. How often are you generally producing an article and putting it on your blog? Uh, usually. So we started uh, in March. So it's pretty new. It's still pretty new, and usually we didn't fix. Um, you know, uh, we don't. We didn't have. Uh, we don't have a fixed date. Mm -hmm. um, we put information as as they they are coming, but um, I would say at least one one post per week. Uh, we did stop uh, last week. Uh, because there was a media social pose and we, right. we, mm -hmm. we decided to, to respect that. Right. Uh, but I would say one or two per week. Yeah, because we Very are good. two people working on this blog. Right. Okay, that makes a lot of sense because I'm seeing a lot of content on your blog, right? Really nice, clean yeah. articles. Um, and uh, we'll see how long you last. Right? If you started in March, hopefully you can you can go a year or two and get a lot of content under your belt. It is a really nice blog, i got to say. A lot of fun to look through your articles. Um, and who is the who is your partner in crime with that? We'll do a shout-out. So, out. Uh, yeah, my, my, my colleague for that is uh, Sandra, Sandra Bertrand. She's a technical account manager at VMware Luxembourg. Um, 
And so at the beginning, uh, I did this initiative. I was alone for this initiative and talking to her, um, she wanted to start something as well. So we decided to do this together. And, you know, it's always easier to, to have this kind of initiative um, working with, a, with someone because alone it's more complicated to be you know recurrent and to to have you you have the pressure to to have uh, you have the pressure to have one post per week so to be two it's always better yeah and absolutely. she she has a lot of yeah. resources as well so it's always easier okay so i gotta say that uh we you know i'll i'll loop matt in here in a second once we get into the topics but uh i'll just throw out one more thing here which is uh we use dynamic signal which is a self-publishing tool uh it's on advocacy.vmware.com and we invite all of the experts to advocacy.vmware.com and for prolific posters we uh and pros we actually make an advocacy you know little business card that we put up with your post and we promote it and one of the things that we look at when we're looking at who to invite on the podcast is we go back and we look at the advocacy platform to see how many shares and likes uh, your content gets. And uh, your content was in the top five shares and likes for uh, the vSphere part one, new logic for vMotion article, which, yeah. uh, you know, and we got to say we saw Sarah as well and saw, thought that we should reach out and include you on the community podcast just to allow the community members to see who you guys are and do a shout out to the uh, advocacy platform run on dynamic signal if you have content you want to share it uh, you can you can get on that platform share it to i think 5000 evangelists and influencers including about 2000 to 3000 vmware employees who then can share it out to their social channels so uh, good job with that uh, you got a lot of traction on on that article a lot of shares so yeah, you know, um, I I didn't know the um, the advocacy platform before, and uh, we had a, a special V expert meeting talking about that. I followed this uh, this meeting, and then after that, I applied what I I did learn, and the 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 the, um, the blog um, took off. It was I really saw the difference by sharing my article. And I mean, in terms of traffic on the on the on the blog. Right, so and it's uh, last pretty year, awesome. I recommend all the bloggers to do that. Yeah. Last year, we actually uh, had a lot of content, but it was a lot of corporate content. So this year, in 2020, we made an intentional effort to build the business cards, get it out in front of the experts, because we kind of want that platform to be more community content, more content from. Um, from the community because it is an influencer platform and uh, that has worked out really well. Uh, everybody in the VXpert community has stepped up and we're seeing much better community content. And for me, much more relevant content, instead of it just being Pat Gelsinger or uh, Ray yeah. O'Farrell, you know, talk about our strategic vision, which always does really well on the platform because everybody likes to share Pat. Yeah. Uh, but this content is much more relevant and useful to have out in uh, on our social channels. So yeah, excellent. With that, with that, I will get into 
the article, the article that caught everyone's attention was it's out vSphere 7 and now with new logic for vMotion. Uh, this blog article is on mysticmarvin.eu. You can just see it on in his list of articles and it looked pretty good. So uh, why don't you take us through a little bit about uh, the blog article um, you know, how did you decide to write it and uh, take us through kind of uh, what areas there are in Im to improve vMotion? We've we've watched vMotion out there for years. We love vMotion, um, and lo and behold, uh, we're discovering that uh, in vSphere 7 we did some improvements. So why don't you take us through that? So um, yeah, you know, with uh, vSphere 7 being now live. We thought it was a good idea to to focus on this great feature with uh, which was the the motion, in particular the improvements. So um, version seven focused on the, the today's challenge chests, which are uh, supporting large large VM uh, with larger CPU and memory footprints, but while increasing performance and reducing um, switch over time. So uh, this is what the article is about. So Miguel, when you say uh, large VMs, let, let's sort of define that out. So when we talk about how this or the size of VMs that this could be affecting and where we might see the improvement points, can you speak to that? Yes, sure. Um, so when I say large VM, I mean um, virtual machines with a lot of vCPUs and with large um, with a lot of memory, um, because the way the way vMotion works. Um, with the way vMotion works, this has an impact on the performance and on the workloads which are running during the vMotion. And we, we can see now uh, what is called monster VM, you know, with a large, large, very, uh, very large um, amount of vCPU and memory. It can go to uh, up to six terabyte, I think. But yeah. um, support for 24 terabytes per VM has been announced. And was there a production work case that you had happened to see this in or something that at NTT that, that really highlighted um, that was maybe an experience or where you had looked where stunning was, was an issue or? Uh, no, personally, no. Um, but I know that, for example, um, you know, um, large transactional databases, sure. uh, things like this, which are uh, producing a large uh, number of IOPS are very sensitive to the um, to the vMotion process. So let's walk through, if you don't mind, in six seven how, how the current process is with, with it, you know a, a vMotion and what the logic is there, so our listeners yeah. can can have an, a rough idea of what's the existing state, and then as we're transitioning now to seven, where where their improvements come. So um, to start with, at a, at a high level, um, vMotion starts with a basic compatibility check. So this check is, is possible to migrate and what could prevent this live migration. Um, then vCenter uh, tells the source and destination of what is happening, of what is currently happening. And it creates what is called a migration specific. And this migration specific uh, contains information about the virtual machine that is being live migrated, um, the configuration of the of the virtual machine, the source and destination ESXi host, and the vMotion networking details. Um, this migration specific is shared with the source and destination, and after that, vCenter 
starts to communicate with um, the, using the daemons, you know, v, VPXD and VPXA on the host. Um, but all this happens pretty fast. And when the migration is started, um, the virtual machine is placed on in what is called in a intermediate state, uh, which is simply means that the configuration cannot be changed. And at this time, the memory is still active at the source. And during the live migration, it is the case. So um, all this to say that there is a specific workflow which is happening. And it starts with the, the creation of a VM at the destination. So this VM is an empty shell. Um, and it's, it's masked at that time. Then it starts copying the memory. This is called the pre-copy phase. And when the pre-copy phase is done, it suspends the source. After that, it transfers the device states uh, to the destination. We will come back to it later. And this is where uh, it's important. And after that, it resumes the, the destination and finally power up the source. Um, and there is a great uh, post at VMware at blogs.vmware.com called vMotion process and on the hood. Um, I highly recommend for this post for those who wants to know more. You know about uh, a deep dive with um, with all the process with a lot of details, diagrams, and so on. It's very interesting. So this is for this is the 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 the, the process and it didn't change from six point seven. Seven, but what is what has changed? The the, the first improvement um, I'd like to 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 talk about is um, the um, the memory paging. So um, during the the, the pre-copy phase I talked uh, about earlier, um, we need to trace all the memory pages of the virtual machine, and the reason this behind this is because the guest OS is still um, inside the VM, is still writing data into memory during the vMotion. So we need to keep track of that. And this is done uh, with what is called page tracers. And these page tracers have to be installed on each vCPU and used by the virtual machine. So the more you have vCPU, the more- The higher the number of tracers, sure. Exactly, exactly. So the problem is that the installation of these page tracers um, cause um, each VCPU to briefly stop. We, 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 we talk about here for microseconds, but, and this is where um, transactional databases uh, come into play. Uh, this kind of workloads can be very sensitive and this can have, uh, the, the, the fact to, to stop the VCPUs can have a negative impact on these workloads. And um, now, with vSphere 7, it's different. Um, it introduces a new feature called loose page tracer. And it is pretty much the same method, but the difference is that a single vCPU is claimed for the entire page tracing work. So the VM and its apps can keep working while vMotion does its job without interruption on the other CPUs. And that's that's the first difference. That's the first improvement in terms of um, I would say resiliency um, uh, with vSphere seven and vMotion seven. 
So instead of dis distributing all of the tracing work and the, the prior versions, now we're just dedicating one vCPU to do tracing and tracing alone. You got it, yeah, exactly. Exactly, it sounds uh, easy, but yeah, this is the, the way it is now and it wasn't, um, it wasn't that before. So- um, Well, now that we have all of those other VC, vCPUs freed up, they can continue along with their standard workload just as they would be humming along like normal without even a vMotion going along. Now, does that does that mean it's just going to take longer, though? Right, you're adding you're adding time to that because instead of you know consuming many vCPUs to do that work, you're pinning it to one, uh, which means your workload can continue on. Just means that 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 copy will go slower. Um, I'm not sure because this is not really the 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 copy itself. There is another improvement which is more related to the to the time. Uh, it would take its memory copy, so it's another improvement. I'm not sure the the vCPU, um, the, the 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 page loose tracing, um, increase the time it takes. Uh, I didn't have I don't have this information, but I'm I'm not sure. Okay. Right. So um, this leads me to to the the second um, major improvement, which is uh, an improvement in the switchover phase. So when you know when nearly all the memory has been transferred from to to the destination host, we've reached what is called the convergence. So it simply means that vMotion is ready to to switch over to the destination. So um, in this, this is the, the very last phase, and the, the source VM um, is suspended. The checkpoint data and the memory bitmap are sent to the destination host, and the goal here is to keep it under one second uh, or less. And the memory bitmap is something which is, you know, sparse. Uh, for example, for for one gigs of memory. Uh, it's 32 kilobytes of, of data in size to, to transfer. So it takes only milliseconds to transfer, no big deal. Um, it's a little bit more challenging when you have, for example, six terabytes uh, memory. Here we are talking for about a bitmap of 192 megabytes in size. So, um, if you add the, 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 this 192 megabyte in size to transfer, add it to the network latency, it's uh, starting to be difficult to keep it under one second. And this is the, this is the goal in vMotion, to keep it under one second. Um, so this is why it has been redesigned in vSphere 7. Uh, transfer only a compacted version of the memory bitmap. So this this is contained only the needed information to lowering the st the stand time. So um, some tests have been made uh, with 24 terabytes memory, and the stand time uh, has been reduced from two seconds to 75 milliseconds with this improvement by lowering the the, the memory bitmap. So. Um, again, there is a great article on blocks.vmo.com with more details about that.
Got to say, it's it's nice, and I also like your blog article. Not to change subject, but I like your blog article that you do a, a shout out to Duncan Epping and a 2010 yeah. article where he takes you takes us through the the V Motion story and some of the weaknesses that are there as well. Right, so a really good shout out there to his. Yeah, it's it is a it is a good reading, and you can read testimonials from people who actually worked on the initial development of V Motion. Um, and that's pretty awesome. Um, it's also interesting to note that um, Kit Colbert was still an intern at this time, and he worked uh, closely to the to the, the teams who, who developed um, who developed the motion. And uh, another fun fact is that I don't know if you guys remember this um, this software. It was uh, Windows Pinball. You know, remember the game, mm -hmm, Windows sure. Pinball? Yeah, I'm a big um, Pinball fan, so sure. Yep. Yeah, and this is the application. This, this was actually this was the, the the only interactive application they had on a virtual machine to test the motion. So what they did is they they start a game on the source machine. They v motion this machine and then they resume the game on the other side. And that's and voila, it was v motion and the, the states was uh, transferred as well. So yeah, it's pretty yeah. visual, you know. It also it reminds me of a Turing test. Did they did they try to do it live? Where if I were playing pinball, I wouldn't notice that it, it actually shifted. <laughs> you know, I don't think the timing was that quick back then, right? Um, but actually now nowadays it's it's a pretty fast. There's also a piece that you know that in the early days because you were on EMC storage, right? Which is why EMC bought us, right? Was that you were really you were you were just copying the memory map of the processes. In in the in the in the OS, you weren't actually physically moving bits because you just you had all your bits on shared storage, so you weren't moving uh, the physical bits. You were just copying over the memory state uh, and then starting it back up again, uh, which is why EMC made so much sense for us. But they bought us because they saw instead of running tons of of OSs uh, local on hardware, you could move it onto shared storage, and away you went. Yeah. So the history of that is uh, is fascinating for anybody new to the ecosystem. You know, might might not recognize that. So getting back to your blog article, though. Um, so the, you you do have some diagrams here: the memory copy, uh, the the states that it goes through, suspend, transfer, checkpoint, uh, transfer, changed bitmap, transfer, swap bitmap, transfer remaining yeah. pages. So I think it's actually really nice that you actually kind of show the graphics. So if uh, if it's hard to follow along here, mysticmarvin.eu, that blog article really does kind of get at, you know, the two seconds down to 175 uh, milliseconds um, and kind of gives you a nice, nice diagram. How long did it take you to put this article together? Um, I think yeah, one one day, one day, yeah one day working on that, um, you know, to read all the article and to get the information from, uh, from everywhere and put it, put it to, into pieces without to have to just uh, copy everything, but, you know, to, to summary things and to make it understandable. Uh, yeah, one day for this kind of article. Yeah, and it is interesting, um, the, the size of VMs these days, you know, because I don't, run my own VMs other than my own stuff, which my VMs are still like, you know, if I get, uh, 
you know, a, a, a 32 gig VM, that's a big thing for me, right? Like when I'm running, but there are actually, you know, uh, uh, not 32, sorry, not, not 32, 32 meg, not 32 gigs. My bad. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm down in the megabytes for my, for my OSs, <laughs> right? Not gigabytes, right? If I get a single gig, that's a huge VM for me. Um, but actually, there's there's quite a bit of usage going on now on these on these monster VMs, I guess. And then at the same time, when we, we talked to William Lamb about what size of uh, Kubernetes platform, how much memory do you need to run just an average Kubernetes? He he was in the you know 32 gigabyte for the whole system. These the, the memory sizes of everything are getting cumulatively bigger and bigger. I mean, I guess Moore's law yeah. is just continuing to march this up forward where when you are doing memory copies, this just becomes important because everybody's just at larger and larger scale. Yeah, yeah that's right. And um, as, as, we, as we say it in the article, there are um, some workloads like, you know, uh, SAP HANA or uh, Oracle backends, which are um, big VMs, you know, they, they are some special use case. And actually, to be honest, we don't see it um, in a daily basis, but I know they are, they are coming, this kind of VM, yeah. Yeah. Or anytime. I mean, if the, the overall focus of the platform is to provide that abstraction letter, right, to our consumers, that especially in a, in a you know, DevOps model, when they yeah. don't have to worry as a consumer that there there's, you know, stuns as we do maintenance or have to, to be motion hosts around as part of daily operations, anything that we can do to provide a level of transparency that there are end users. Uh, that consume those services, all the better. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, very, very, very good. Very nice, clean blog article. And your blog blog article, I think it's only like six screens, maybe six screens. So it's a very consumable thing. So I would encourage people to go there. And I love your references to all the old content, right? Because that's a that's also really nice. Because if you're interested in it, you have the links to the V the vSphere blog where that takes you through old stuff, the Duncan Epping's uh, old piece, and the the another one. There's a video explaining page map memory paging, uh, which is good. So very clean uh, way to look at things. Um, as you move forward, are there other topics that uh, you've seen in vSphere 7 that you're thinking about covering? Got to do one every week. I got to imagine that's that's kind of like running a podcast every week where you need a guest every week to talk about things that are happening. Uh, Any things that have caught your attention? I see that this is a, a multi-part series, Miguel, that where you've, you've taken some some other issues and some improvements uh, with vSphere 7 where there, there's a uh, uh, part two and part three with this as well. Do you, do you intend to, yeah. to keep going? Yeah. So the first part was the new logic for for vMotion. The, the second one was a new uh, way for the certificate management, and um, the third the third one was identity federation. And I thought I think the fourth one will be around a certificate as well or something else. But actually, this uh, this period of time, uh, it's Sandra who is responsible for the blog. I mean, she she is more active than me 
for the the, the last month. Uh, because yeah, that's also the reason for why we we work at this. Uh, we are two working at this because when one has more time, he works on it, and then we we changed. And um, um, actually, um, I wrote a series of articles about VSAN. It was VSAN best practices. Uh, I did this. I did this in three parts as well. And uh, yeah, Sandra. Sandra is doing the same for vSphere Seven. Um, I love the tactic where where it's where rather than a single author, where where you're now combining it and making it an aggregate. And to your point, where one may have some other things going on or obligations or whatnot, the other can can pick up, and you can still keep the cadence with with posting articles regularly. Personally, I haven't seen yeah. that much. It's up for the major sites, but I love your initiative and. It really gets the content out there. You know, um, this is a private initiative. I mean, we are doing this like all the others on our private time. But sometimes, you know, um, you don't have that much time to 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 do the things, so or you have more time to spend with customers and so on. So um, the, the 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 way of doing this um, to be uh, a duo to to uh, to do this. Allows us to remain, you know, consistent in the um, in the um, blog life. So, uh, if I was alone, uh, maybe I would say I would stay three weeks or one month without article, and you can easily lose, um, you know, followers if you don't post regularly. I think, in my opinion, that's the I reason absolutely why. Absolutely agree. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is true. Uh, when we coach people on social media, blogging, podcasting, uh, any kind of content, we start with what's your cadence? How often do you want your users to come back and engage with you? Right. Because people are creatures of habit. Right. They they develop habits of when they're going to spend time learning, when they're going to listen to podcasts. This is why podcasts uh, dip down during the pandemic, because people aren't commuting. Um, so I can see that, that having that cadence uh, and then keeping your cadence. And sometimes uh, at here, people ask me like, well, what are we going to do next week? What are we going to do for the next couple of weeks? I'm like, I don't know, but we're going to do something because our cadence is every week, Wednesday, 12 to 1 live and it shows up in your in your itunes uh, playlist and you can download it and listen to us talk about community subjects as well as uh, that so i like the i like the blog um question for you when looking at that mystic marvin blog there is a user named marvin right um that that's me so Mara, <laughs> you are the Mystic Marvin. I wasn't sure if I that was Sarah Mystic or Marvin. you, because I'm looking at your Dell EMC announced VX Rail Seven, and I noticed it's yes. from it's from Marvin, and I'm like, Ooh, yeah. maybe that's not you, right? So Miguel, what's coming? What's what? What do you plan to blog on next? What's piquing your interest? What what's out there in the short term, and what do you see that may be coming us to us for the fall? What can you get tease for us as far as articles that you're going to, to have out there and content between the two of you? Um, you know, the, as I said at the beginning, the goal was to write a blog about VxRail. And um, I did more about VMware itself or vSAN itself or everything compared to VxRail. So I'd like to focus more on, uh, you know, deeper, uh, deeper dive into VxRail, you know, um, 
share some news, um, share maybe some more technical articles, uh, articles, um, uh, you know, um, yeah. about support case I had to, to, um, to, to resolve and things like right. this. So more you know, technical article on VxRail. I am looking at your VxRail article as well, right? Uh, the, DA, mm -hmm. the, the Dell EMC announcement. And uh, I got to say our Q1 numbers, we're not really supposed to talk too much about Q1 numbers. We only got like a week or so to talk about our, our financial numbers before we're not supposed to talk about it anymore. But we did announce them maybe a week and a half ago. So we can mention that, you know, VxRail growth was particularly yeah. impressive for Q1, right? Yeah. So there, you know, maybe it's a combination of VX, VX uh, the release coming out uh, that everybody is starting to look at it but it, it is gaining traction in the market right so uh, I don't know if you're uh, what your opinion is on you know how VX rail is growing what's the benefit give us give me the one minute elevator pitch of uh, why you think VX rail is being accepted in the market more than it has in previous years yeah you know um, locally I'm talking locally for Luxembourg yeah, um, we we can see that VxRail is growing very fast. Um, it is one of the major, uh, I mean, products in terms of hardware or, or in terms of HCI we are we are selling here. Um, and this is because yeah, it's pretty easy for customers in terms of lifecycle management um, compared to even vSAN ready nodes, which are great depending on the brand, but uh, this is another story. And uh, it's it's easy for customers to rely on a, you know, a one single um, single support for the entire HCI solution. Um, and I think this is the, 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 the top um, reason to go for VxRay. There are other reasons. I mean, performance, ease of growth, um, you can scale out, you can, you know, easily and without disruption so all this is uh, all these are um, positive um, positive aspects of the x-ray do, do you see Dell actually also engaging more now right like a, is Dell maturing in its sales process does that affect you guys in Europe like for us we see that Dell is a big factor of why also because Dell is getting behind this and it is a Dell EMC VMware package but the Dell sales arm is a pretty big uh, you know entrenched uh, arm that can engage with customers and this just might be a better way to sell Dell gear at the same time I have the feeling that uh, Dell EMC is pushing VxRay as well and they have now the the, the, the knowledge of the solution, and they know they know how to 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 to, um, to sell it at customer. How it can improve their uh, their processes, and um, yeah, they they are they are aware of that. Yeah, yeah, I think that the customers are also coming around too and realizing how hard HCI can be without having even if you have a ready node, how much easier day two operations can be when it's integrated into the platform. Exactly. Firmware management, driver management, that's a major, major time-consuming thing to, to go through and check all those boxes that, hey, is everything met on the HCL as opposed to having it all managed within one platform? Yeah. 
What, and what, customer satisfaction is, is very high as well. What always fascinates me is the life cycle of these implementations, right? Does VxRail actually extend that or help the life cycle management where, you know, what's our refresh rate? Couple, three years, right, on, on hardware. Does it actually help us optimize that? For me, refreshing hardware lines is always a lot of work. Right, you get, you yeah. know, it's, it's, and and if you can simplify how to throw things away, how to recycle things, how to get new things plugged in without uh, a lot of work, right? Like, I'm just wondering if that refresh cycle has something to play here. Obviously, yeah. I mean, here the the, the hardware refresh is a, as simple as as a storage vMotion. I mean, you can you can add hardware storage vMotion, and that's it. You know. Okay, this is the big picture, you know. But um, I mean, yeah, it's it's yeah. You uh, just drop racks in, everything. drop racks in, V motion, and away you go. And yeah. you have refreshed platforms because it's all compatible. Yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. Can see that. Can see that. Well, that will be an inter interesting article. So we'll we'll certainly uh, pay attention to what you what you write next on on the topics because I think what? there's. A lot of activity, and it is certainly growing space. And so, anybody that's listening to this and you're not paying attention to VxRail, uh, start paying attention because it is it is gaining traction. So, and uh, yeah. uh, Mystic Marvin is going to um, write write some more content on it, uh, which which cover is, that. Yeah, which is which is we great. Cover that. Uh, we normally do a shout out. Are are you on Twitter? Do you tweet very much? I assume as a VxWord Pro, you must do that a little bit. Um, what is I your did handle? with VxWord Pro. Yeah. I started with VExpert Pro, so I'm not a Twitter professional yet, but yeah, I have a Twitter. What is so, your Twitter? Uh, and, and what is that, Miguel, so that our listeners know? for What's your Twitter handle? So that's Miguel Brasseur, B-R-A-S-S-E-U-R. -S and Miguel my... being M-I-G-U-E-L, correct? M-I-G-U-E-L. Yeah, simply my first name and my name. I think so we should go in and we'll grab see a, a nice follower increase there for you after, after the listeners yeah, and, I, and some uh, definitely some more blog so. traffic that it not all not you had it to begin with obviously for some of the traffic there with the the V Motion posts but some some great content and we it'll just continue along as as you have those articles out there. Yeah, excellent, excellent, and uh, get them up on uh, Dynamic Signal. I, I have a suggestion for you because this is a community podcast. 